Welcome to another episode of A Dope Girl's Guide. This is your girl, Natasha G, where we stay dedicated, original, particular, and excellent in all that we do. Here at A Dope Girl's Guide, we talk about being particular about our purpose and exploring tools on how to do it with excellence. So enjoy another episode of A Dope Girl's Guide. Hey y'all, it's your girl back at it again. I am so excited for this next episode of A Dope Girl's Guide. It's our last episode in our marathon series. We have a guest, Hollywood Jade, which is a phenomenal friend of mine, choreographer and artistic director. I'm so excited because immediately when I thought about this marathon series, he was someone that came to mind because I know he's been pursuing his um, dance career for a while and he's someone that can actually speak to the journey of progression And there's so much amazing things happening for him right now in the industry, in his career. And uh, this episode, we had such an extensive discussion where we dropped gems and jewels. And uh, just um, listening and overhearing it, I just uh, learned so much about him and myself and how to continue this journey. And I hope it's encouraging for you all as well. Don't forget to check me out on my Instagram at NatashaSim underscore GR leave me a message check me out on our instagram as well at a dope girls guide podcast as well as our youtube when you go on each of these sites you will see a link tree which connects you to all of my social media don't forget to give me your feedback comment let me know share don't forget to share the podcast and listen screenshot let me know if you listen to the podcast and enjoy this week's episode of our marathon series have yourself a good day So, guys, I am so excited for our fifth and last episode of our marathon series. We have a, a family friend, a brother, a cousin, a everything, J- Hollywood Jade. Um, I am so excited to introduce him to you guys, to allow him to share some gems with you guys. I've known him since, like, high school. He's seen me grow to, like, a young a youth to like a whole woman I've seen him grow up and evolve into such amazing man a man of God a man of so many talents and I'm just so excited to share him with you guys so he's here to um just allow us to finalize the pieces in um this marathon series that I really hope it's helpful for all of you guys so Jade introduce yourself tell the people about what you do you know Hey, everybody. Like uh, Natasha just said, I am Hollywood Jade. I am a dancer turned choreographer and more currently also working as an artistic director. Um, I done a lot of really interesting and cool things in my career and in my life. And yeah, it's it's been a journey. It's... <laughs> It has definitely been a a journey of finding my true authentic self in an industry where you're constantly being asked to portray something else. Um, yeah, that's me. Okay. So he he's being shy right now, a little bit humble, but that's fine. Um, so guys- I mean, what do you want me to do? Like brag about all the different things that I've done? Well, no, that's why I know people brag about the things that they do, okay? So not to cut you, but honestly, even this morning, I was having a conversation with someone who's known me a little bit longer than you have. And I was just like, I'm really bad at 
at talking about myself. And I, through this COVID time, I've done a lot of self-work and, and I understand where that comes from, mm-hmm. and why I, I don't like talking about all the different things that I've done and all of my accomplishments. And, and we can get into that, but like, it, it really stems from people telling me that I was enough and that I was extra mm-hmm. and, and, and that the perception that I'm, I'm braggadocious and, you know, I'm trying to hype myself up, but it, it really isn't that. Like I, I, I talked about my accomplishments as a reminder to myself of this is stuff that you used to dream about. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I used to sit in my bed in Mornell court and be like, yo, on my bunk bed and be like, this is what I want to do. Like I'd watch movies and music videos and be like, I can do that. I know I can do that. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the the road, people in their own insecurities tried to put me down Mm -hmm. because they, they also saw it in me that I, I could do it Mm -hmm. because everything that I said I was going to do, I did. Mm -hmm. And that threatened a lot of people. So in order to make themselves feel better and to slow me down Mm. you know they started planting these seeds of doubt about the integrity of where me talking about my accomplishments came from Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no i mean pretty me what'd you say i said i've been working i've been doing a lot of self-analyzation man listen that's the only thing we can do and i know i mean we me jade and a couple of our friends we have a lot of intense discussions about self-growth and just evolving as people and you mentioning this idea that people around you were they saw that in you but because they saw that in you it threatened something within them i really want to elaborate and talk a little bit about that i think we're going to go a bit backwards but around in terms of um in terms of our storyline like I wanted you to share a little bit about like where you began and like the work that you used to do but it's, it's, that's fine we'll, we'll get into that but I no, we can go to... back I just yeah we can go back we can go mm-hmm. back because I this is this is your thing so I want to do it your way but I just wanted to to start by saying that because I've been being really obedient mm-hmm. to my spirit mm-hmm. and my spirit was like you need to say this now or you're gonna forget right <laughs> No, but that's what I'm saying. It's so important for us to talk about. It's fine. I want to talk about that piece and why it was important for you to identify that even at this age, that that's what people were doing. Because I'm sure when you were younger, you didn't realize that you were just like, okay, these are people around me that are saying this thing. Like, it must be true. Like, all these exactly. people are saying this. How do I navigate? Because this is just really who I am. Like, this is my gifting, you know? And so mm-hmm. why I'm talking about that is because, you know, if you guys all listened to my episode last week, which was about self-care, I talked about this idea of support and why it's important that your self-talk matches up with the people that you're around, you know, and why that was important and how far could you have been? I mean, I don't want to look back and be like, oh, you're not where you, you should have been, but how did that hinder you in terms of, you know, getting the opportunities or feeling like you're worth it to try out for different things um, because of what people were saying to you, you know? How did that affect yeah. you? Well, I can answer that and go back to the beginning because mm-hmm. those two actually sort of like coincide. Um, I've recently been having a lot of conversations with like a lot of younger artists. Um, I think mentorship is a super important part about, not, um, not about, like I think mentorship is a super important role as a leader and as somebody who has influence and not really having too many people that I could go to made it difficult. Mm. Um, 
when I started really pursuing dance, first of all, dance is something that I've always done. Like I, from a kid, it's the, it's the most consistent thing that has existed in my life. I moved around a lot as a child. I was between Alberta and Toronto. Then I went back to Alberta. Then I finally moved to Toronto permanently in like the, the fifth or sixth grade. Um, but like having shifted environments so regularly, like I went to like six different elementary schools. Oh, wow. Like, you know what I mean? I was constantly in, in transition. Hmm. Um, but dance was the one thing that was consistent through all of that. Like mm -hmm. if there was a school play, I was in the school play. If there was drama class, I was in drama class. I was always drawn to entertainment. And when I finally started really pursuing dance, I took my first professional dance class at 17. Um, and that was my first dance wow, class Wow, that's ever. like late. That's like considered late in terms of like dance career. Yeah, it's very late. Mm -hmm. And... And it, part of it was because growing up in a Caribbean household, dance was looked at as a frivolous activity. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Being a first generation Canadian, um, you know, my grandmother didn't move. She didn't go upon the plane and come to Canada for you mm -hmm. to sit for one, dance up and jiggle up mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, I don't want to dance up and jiggle up myself like we all sit down and watch these movies together. What they're doing is what I want to do. Right, right. But I think the reality of of it, they didn't understand. Like, nobody got how I was going to make this happen. I didn't even get how I was going to make it happen. Right. Um, and then when I graduated from high school, um, I didn't get into the musical theater program that I wanted to. And me and my mom had a conversation. She said, okay, you can try this dance thing for a year. I was 19 years old when that happened. And now I'm the resident choreographer on Canada's Drag Race. Brap, brap, big up, big up. Um, and and I, that's, I like, that's like an expedited version. Like that is like. Yeah, we skipped over a lot of stuff, but yeah. I, I, I say that to, to, to give you the light at the end of mm -hmm. the tunnel. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. And I, I mentioned my mom because the whole concept of support she was always supportive of me. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's never been an a venture or anything that I've ever wanted to do that my mom was like, no, you can't do that. Down to like wanting to get my eyebrow pierced. She's like, well, you're 18 now. You can do whatever you want, whether she liked it or not. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom was always very supportive and, and her support and her belief in me and her acceptance of me wanting to do this thing that everybody else looked at like this huge negative really gave me a huge like boost of confidence to be like okay this is possible I can do this because my ace one is riding for me mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. bun everybody else mm -hmm. um I say that but there was still a lot of adversity that I faced um and I'd be remiss not to talk about the fact that a lot of my family and, and immediate circle, again, being very Caribbean, viewed me wanting to be a dancer as a direct correlation to my sexuality. Right. right. Almost like almost like dance was the gateway drug to mm -hmm, me mm -hmm, accepting mm -hmm. who I was. Right. <laughs> um and and I wanna on the record say guys that is not the case. Mm. Like dance did not trigger something inside of me. 
in fact, I was that seed of of whatever that was was something that I discovered way before I even tried to pursue dance professionally, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I suppressed those feelings be, out of fear. You know, we hear the rhetoric and we hear all of the, the, this is this and, and this is that. And, and we, I grew up hearing all of that, you know, and, and I know now in hindsight, a lot of these things that were said were said directly in front of me on purpose to be mm-hmm. a hindrance to me wow. acting on what behaviors that they saw in mm-hmm. me or mannerisms that they they saw that they equated to homosexuality mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's it and it, it it that was a struggle in itself like imagine being 18 19 and 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 trying to come into your full self knowing that your full self career-wise isn't going to be accepted personally isn't going to mm-hmm. be accepted mm-hmm. You know, like there was a lot of internal struggle that I went through, which I think hindered my growth as an artist because I couldn't fully be myself. I couldn't operate in the fullness of, I couldn't operate in the fullness of my, my gift because I was suppressing so much of my gift. Right trying to conceal my sexuality Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Um, and like you were told that it had to do with that you were told that that was the connection piece but in reality it's not in reality it had nothing to do with it that was just a gift you were born with and then there was this other personal part of you but people made that connection right on their own you know and so I can only imagine how frustrating how like just the battle you know? Listen, and 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 the battle continued for a long mm. time. Like even once I got into the industry, like I met that same summer, I decided I was gonna dance. I met one of my first mentors in dance, and she took me under her wing and embraced me. And I was like, I finally found a home, and this, that, and the third. And then there would be jobs that would come up. I'm in her company, and there'd be jobs that would come up, and I wouldn't get casted for the job. And then, because I just wanted to be around and be involved, like I would still mm-hmm. go to set and I'd see the people who they casted and I'd look at the work and I'm like, I can do that. Why don't people believe that I can do that? Because right. all they saw was this flamboyancy and all of this. And I'm like, okay, but what I do privately should not impact what I do professionally. Right. And I had to to learn essentially how to play the role you know what I mean I had to I had to to whenever I was going to be on set I had to dress more masculinely I had to like not to be as expressive with my hands I had to lower the tone of my voice like it was it was a mess and all of this just to be in a music video that's directed by a straight heterosexual man so that Mm -hmm. he feels comfortable being in my presence and not threatened by me. And it took a long time for me to figure out and realize that that's what was happening. Mm -hmm. That my, the way that I was presenting was making people feel uncomfortable. Right. It was a battle. 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 And 
I'm I'm fortunate. Well, people in my generation, I think we really helped push the needle and the energy forward in terms of the outside world being accepting of queer men and women being able to come in and still facilitate a job that that where the job description wasn't queer. Right. You know what I mean? So um, I, like just hearing you talk, I'm thinking, how do you still um, separate the two? Like, cause there is a separation and why there's important, why it's important for there to be a separation is because I feel like there's three battles that you face, right? Which is mm-hmm. your background in terms of the Caribbean idea of, you know, it's not academia you're, you were pursuing, you're pursuing arts, that's frivolous. They don't want to hear you being, a, they don't want to hear like, our parents don't want to hear, you know, I just want to do my own business. Now they do because like you're entrepreneur, like entrepreneurs are something that's well known now. They're making money. So you're right. caught with the, you know, West Indian background, the very taboo topic of dance in and of itself is like generally feminine. And then you as a male want to do it. And then mm-hmm. um, this idea that um, just dance in and of itself is something feminine how do you speak to a young man who's like doesn't relate with that the sexuality part of it like it's important to make that separation and continue to right yeah like i get i get what yeah, you're saying i think yeah. i think and and what i was saying about the like even the circle of friends that i had we were we were really brazen mm-hmm. like i mean i was out here in tight pants and mm-hmm. lip gloss with really thin eyebrows and I I would go to the dance hall party like this mm-hmm. and I'd go to the mall like this and I started showing up at family functions like this and I just we were really defiant. We mm-hmm. were not the generation of DL men who had baby mothers but were jicky jamming boys on the side. Like we weren't that. We were like this is what it's going to be. We were very 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 brazen. And as a result of that the industry changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it stopped, like it, we stopped hiding in the shadows and started really like taking up space. And it became less about what we did personally and more about who's the most qualified for the job. Okay. We, we forced that narrative forward. Right. So it wasn't about, yes, fine. I'm, I'm this, this, that, and the third behind the camera, but in front of the camera, if you need me to play this role it's like acting you know uh i'll use michelle pfeiffer as an example in the movie hairspray when we were doing um negro day oh you were in hairspray yes oh okay Okay. (laughs) and 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 hairspray was a huge turning point career-wise for me because um hairspray the movie with john travolta queen of tifa michelle pfeiffer and nikki blonsky um the, the cast was crazy, but it was a huge turning point in my career because I think that was when my family was like, oh. This is real. Oh, this is real. Mm-hmm. My cousins would be at the hair salon going through through hair magazines, and there's pictures of me in, in hair magazines beside Elijah Kelly mm-hmm. and Queen Latifah. And they're like, oh, okay. We get it now. I think part of them thought that like maybe I wanted to be a stripper or something, mm. which is weird because essentially all that I wanted to do is what I was doing with them from when I was a kid. Like we used to right. do these videos. 
you know, like we used to make music videos and mm -hmm. I was always the choreographer. I was like, okay, we're going to do this move and this move and this move <laughs> and this move. And at this point, you're going to turn and look at the camera and cry. <laughs> oh, you can't cry? Okay. So when you turn your back, we're going to drip water on your face. Like I was like a full director, you know, mm -hmm. just, just 11 years old directing family music videos. Um, that's funny. Yeah, I think, I think it, it, I think that's what made it, it real for them. And they're like, oh, okay, we, we get it and we understand it. And, but Michelle Pfeiffer in the movie, there's a scene where she's saying really vile things to us and like, you guys are only good to be like lawn jockeys and da 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 da. And it's in the script. And between each take, she would turn to each one of us and apologize. She's like, guys, I'm so sorry. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's acting. This is a role that you've been hired mm -hmm. to play. And, and as a dancer, it's the same thing. This is a role that I've been hired to play. Mm -hmm. You need me to, to, to grab up the girl's waist and bubble her. Mm -hmm. I, I was grabbing up girl's waist and bubbling them from I was like seven years old. It's not unfamiliar to me, you know, but a lot of people couldn't see past the thin eyebrows, the Mac lip glass and my bent wrist. Okay, let's talk a bit about that though, because I wanna talk about this idea of under, cause one of the things that I did talk about and a lot of people know when you're practicing, when you're getting ready for a track meet, there's things that you need to do that mm -hmm. you don't necessarily enjoy doing but it's a part of the vision. It's a part of keeping the vision. It's a part of keeping it going. And we speak yeah. about this part about how to find how, that true balance between this is me, but there's something I got to do. Like I generally, I don't want to practice. I don't want to go to an hour practice. I don't want to run up this big steep hill. I just want to like cuss off my coach because I don't want to do this. I don't want to wake up at 5 a.m. and go run and do the training that's necessary, but there's certain things I need to do. So you mentioned that you were the one that was able to like, your generation was like, the one that was able to say like, this is like what we're here to do. Like we're here to actually do dance, like forget about the personal part of me, you know? And yeah. so I spoke about this idea of like how to, how to make that separation. I would say is like really being able to show up and do what you need to do, regardless of like, everything's not going to feel good. And I know we're in a generation of people that's like, listen, it's about accepting me. Like, listen, this is just who I am. You have to accept me. It's like, no, you're here to do a job. I'm paying you. I don't care about your personal life. I don't care about your right. personal story. Like people don't care about that. Save that for your journal. Save that for a family meeting or a speech. Like no one cares. It's like they're paying you to do a job. They don't really care about your personal orientation. They don't care. And a lot of people come in like, this is me. You got to take me for who I am. It's like, no, there's a professional stance that you must take because there's yeah. a vision. There is a purpose. There is a reason for why you're here, you know? So I know you're able yeah. to master that and that's maturity, right? So talk a right. little bit about and that. I, I literally had to get out of my own way mm -hmm. because I, I was hindering myself from opportunities, trying to hold so authentically on to my queerness. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I say this and I know some people might not understand it, but like there's, there's a balance to life. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? And I wasn't living a balanced life. Part of that was because I finally accepted myself wholeheartedly mm. and I wasn't trying to, to compromise that for anybody. But I look at it like when you show up to work, if you work in an office, when you, if, you're the, if you're the receptionist, your job is to answer the phone, greet whoever comes in, and that's your job. Period. Mm -hmm. Okay. The rest of it, 
it's it's not neat. You don't have mm-hmm. to bring your boyfriend drama. Mm-hmm. You don't have to bring your baby father drama. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to bring any of that to the job. So I stopped bringing all that that I all of the the preconceived notions and all of that energy. I stopped bringing that into the audition process and into set. And once I stopped doing that, everybody relaxed a little bit. Like you know, everyone's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, you're cool." Mm. You know? And and then I questioned them in a in a not in that moment, but in other conversations I've been able to have with people be like, "Well, what made you feel like I wasn't cool?" Mm. You know? But we can also we also have to acknowledge that the world has shifted drastically. Mm-hmm with within our generation mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. <laughs> like drastically we went from it being one way to it being a completely different way mm-hmm. and like people's level of acceptance and understanding and compassion is completely different now than it was 15 years ago mm-hmm. and know? even so even even as you talk about that, you talk about this this piece about it being different. I keep hearing in my head, it's different, but it's also the same. It's different, and in and of this, in and it's different because people are more accepting. But it's the same, in the sense that I think we're in a generation of people where it's like it's so easy for us to give up. Hence, why it's important to hold on to what kept you going in the first place because while you're talking I'm like but how do you keep going though like how do you keep going because like did you have jobs in between like how are men's like sometimes I wonder though I'm like yo, like like, like, how do you keep going when all these odds are coming against you personally professionally and like how do you keep going I'm thinking you had to have I don't know what was you like how do you keep going so I talk about my mom because my mom is literally one of my greatest inspirations for why I keep going. Um, her, just her being accepting of me wholeheartedly. Like, mm. I don't think there's ever been anything that I've done that my mom has openly admitted to me that she didn't like. Mm. I'm sure there's things that I've done that she didn't like, mm. but she's never brought that argument to me. She's wanted me to live in the fullness of of myself and whatever my experience was going to be mm-hmm. like she's always been that and that's what kept me going honestly is i want to be able i want to be in a position to be able to give back to my mom mm-hmm. um and that's the that's the basis of it but like the daily motivation is also that i'm stubborn and i'm determined and I re- I refuse to quit until Hollywood Jade is a household name. Listen, because that's always that's always been the goal. Mm-hmm. The goal has always been for everybody to know me, and not just know me, but know me for the quality work that I do. I get a lot of flack all the time for being too hard and too this and the way you talk to people and blah, 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 blah. And I tell everyone who comes to me with them arguments, I'm like, look, if you were doing what was asked of you, I wouldn't have to talk to you no kind of way, mm. you know? And, and I, want, I want to be respected in this industry as somebody who pushes the narrative forward. I, I don't want to just coast. I don't just want to be another person on a list 
like the people who I look up to, or like you talked about wanting to be like people, like the people that I, I, whose careers I look at and, and I want to emulate, not be like, but I want to carve out my own path are people like Debbie Allen, who was a dancer. She's done Broadway. She's done film. She's a director. She's an executive producer. She's a writer. Like that's what I want because why not? Mm. And I'm not going to stop until I get there. And we, we deal with things, of course, like, for example, the industry right now is basically almost at a standstill, but I've been able to continue to work. Resilience. And I think people see that mm. and that's what people want to be around, especially now. Like when I think about the artists that I've choreographed for working with Julie Black, Divine Brown, Keisha Shante, Gary Beals, those are the Canadian artists. I think about working with Snoop Dogg and this was one of the best jobs I've ever done in my life. And reason being is because Snoop Dogg was such an awesome person to work for. Well, yeah. And he had, mm. us, he had us come back like two and three times he did a show with Mike Epps, then he did a tour in Europe, then he did another thing. And each time he did a new show, he brought me and the wow. choreographer that I was assisting back because he's like, this when you guys are here, it 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 runs the way that I want it to mm -hmm. run. Wow. And and it, it those are the things that, that motivate me when I'm when I'm feeling down and I feel like I can't do it. It's like, wait a second, you have people who you respect and admire who also respect and admire you. And it has nothing to do with nothing other than the quality of the work. Come on. Come on. So there was a time you had to leave your own personal things on the side and say, listen, this is I need to produce. And it's because you were consistently producing. They were like, listen, this guy's solid. Yes. This is a solid guy who, you know, I, I just um, I'm thinking about you. Uh, you've been doing it for such a long time. Immediately, I'm thinking like, have you ever thought, let me drop this. Let me just go work at like, <laughs> oh let me God. just go back to school and work at this little job and just pay my bills that way. Like, why am I giving myself grief? Like, it's just too much. Of course, especially like in my late 20s, because I'm turning 37 in January. Bomba red. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm turning 37 in January, but in my late 20s, when everybody started getting married and everyone's buying their mm -hmm. new car and everybody mm -hmm. moving mm -hmm. a condo, mm -hmm. uh, 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 and I'm here like, do I have money to go grocery shopping? Wow. Wow. And I know like people see people see the drag race and they see the hairspray and the 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 the. They're the like, man, just came out. Right. They, they, they think that it's always been that way, but no, there, there have been times where my, my rent was laid and I had to go to the landlady and be like, look, girl, you know, you know, I'm good for it. I'm going to just need a day or two. Mm. And that's the nature of the business. And I think if you can soldier through that, you'll be all right. And I, I even taking it into a biblical context, it's like, God promised you this. He didn't mm. say that it was going to be easy to get to this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He made he made Joseph wait, honey. Mm. Okay, Joseph mm -hmm. had to get dashed down a well and then lock up in a jail. But mm. Joseph remained 
who he was at the core and being himself is ultimately what got him to his greatest glory. Right, right. So that is key because I'm thinking in the midst of you wanting to do, in the midst of like so much not working, right? Mm-hmm. You're saying so God promised, you're saying God has promised something. He didn't say, he also didn't say when. I think that's also the frustrating part too. That's, Cause you're yeah, like, I'm so. a whole 37 God. It should have popped off for me a long time. Like I should have been dancing for Maya. Like what happened to Beyonce? Like we seen this show on Netflix. Like I should be up there on them bleachers. Like I'll be looking for Jade. Like where Jade at? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, yeah. And then it's also like, listen, this is your purpose. It's your gifting. Like there's no way around it. Like there's no way around it. I can't just sit at Telif and be a customer service rep. I'm going to die internally if I don't pursue my purpose. And I think that's what ultimately we need to be doing. Ultimately, that's also what my first episode was about, like pursuing your purpose. A lot of people are struggling because they're not pursuing their purpose and they're not fulfilling their true gifting, which when you're talking about all your cousins, you guys used to dance and everything, that's natural. Ain't nobody going to be surprised. They're like, yeah, I saw you. I remember we used to do this. We used to act out. 106 do this, do that. Like, it's not, that was just so who you are. And enough people yeah. aren't stopping to say, is this really who I am? Is what I'm doing yeah. really who I am? Or am I just playing a facade? Am I just playing up something? And I think that's it, you know? Yeah. You talk about living in your purpose and, and, and something that came to me around the time of my, my late twenties was, living on purpose Mm. okay i make a living because i'm living in my purpose come on so i'm living on purpose Mm. and it 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 was that narrative that changed my my perspective and being like no hollywood you just gotta anchor down and keep going and there i had i started an entire company i had a burlesque company Mm -hmm. and rave reviews it's all great everything was going amazing and then internally it all imploded and it could have destroyed me it it stopped me for a long time from operating in my gift because part of my gift is giving Mm. a big a big part of 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 what i do as a creator as a choreographer as an entertainer is i i'm continuously pouring out Mm. and I stopped pouring out. Mm. I was like, no one's getting nothing from me. Mm. And that was one of the slowest periods of life mm. for me in terms of work, like mm-hmm. the slowest. Mm. As soon as I started opening back up and pouring out to people again, mm. blessings started pouring mm. in and finding me. Mm. When I tell this story, I've told it a couple of times in a, some interviews, but like Drag Race, Canada Drag Race was destined for me from way before I even realized it. Mm. Some of the people who are involved in the casting process of this show, Natasha, are people who saw me when I was 19 years old. Wow. The, the, one of the producers of the show was a PA on the season one of So You Think You Can Dance. And I auditioned season one and I thought I was going to make it. I'm like, look, I'm chocolatey. I'm, I'm good TV. I'm funny. The body was 
all the way right and together like I did I, I went through the checklist I was like mm -hmm. oh this is mine mm -hmm. I got cut and when he called me to tell me that I got the job he was like I remember when you got cut from so you think you can dance wow and we continued our conversation I'm like wait a second mm -hmm. they never aired me getting cut mm -hmm. like yeah I was a PA on season one of So You Think You Can Dance. Mm -hmm. And it makes me so unbelievably happy to give you something that you were deserving of from then. Kind of gets like every time. Because that, so you think almost, I wanted to quit. I was like, I'm not dancing anymore. I'm like, I'm done. And this man who was a PA remembers me. Mm -hmm. There was hundreds of us, hundreds. He remembers me from then. Tell me if this was not destined for me. Come on. He laid it. The blueprint was already laid. And I think about it like when you were 18, 19, you probably were thinking like, wow, how much years that passed? You're like, like literally, God, you've forsaken me. Why am I doing this thing? And it's like, like this is this, it's already laid out, you know? Like you just have perfect. to trust. Yeah. Trust yourself. And that's but that's that's been hard for me it was hard for me to trust myself because mm -hmm. the version of me that I wanted to trust everybody told me was no good right 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 and it's when I stopped listening to to those people and I started really going internally and really praying and really like strengthening my relationship with God and being like okay because I I talk to God like I talk to you guys I'm like hey you busy no you good all right so <laughs> but because that's how that's the type of relationship that I needed to have in order for me to stay in my faith because if I didn't have that type of relationship I would have wavered a long time ago yeah 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 so it it it, it and it, it it took a lot it took a lot but and in 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 particularly this year, he showed me if you trust me, mm. if you just continue to trust me, I'm going to continue to order your steps. And the, there's things that you think you are deserving of now mm. that you ain't ready for. Mm -hmm. Because you know me, you know me. The ego of Hollywood Jade was very 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 large. Mm. Okay, very large. If but I had made it on. Can you imagine being like 19, 20, doing what you're doing now? Like maturely. Can you can you imagine? Like you would be no like way. Canon. Like they'd be like Yeah. Even when I moved to LA, it was funny. Like I I after hairspray, I saved all my money and I'm like, I'm moving to LA. I'm because I had all these connections with all of the American choreographers and my mentor had moved to LA and was gonna bring me into the agency. I moved out there at 22 and I was like, I hate it here. Mm. I didn't like it. I, I felt so much unrest. I felt, and again, like, again, my faith was really, really, really strong then. And it's like, I could feel all of the demonic spirits lurking around me. And I, I would tell, um, uh, I would tell people, I'm like, I'll be sleeping on the plane flying into LA. And as we start to descend, it's like, I could feel the energy shift and my eyes would just open. I'm like, okay. Wow. <laughs> like it was, it was, it was crazy. And, and 
I knew that LA wasn't for me. Wow. I knew it wasn't for me, but it took, it took maturity to be able to say that. And, and God made it so that I have to come back to Toronto to work on a project. And then I just ended up getting stuck here. Mm-hmm. And I say stuck, but I was choreographing for too bad. And they had just gotten a TV show, a kid's TV show. And I was the choreographer for that. But then somebody took over the choreographer job. So I, came back to choreograph this show and I only got like one episode and I was like okay well that's weird you know but I knew that I didn't want to go back to LA right because people would say they'd hear you they'd be like why didn't you just start in LA but it's like that's not what was written for you you know what I mean and so Mm -hmm. even hearing you I'm like there's so much people that are listening they're like I'm I'm an entrepreneur like I'm building my business they're like thinking I want to try the way the other persons tried it or am I really doing what I need to be doing you know there's so much people doing what I'm doing how do I continue going and it's like hearing you it's like listen continue to know that whatever you're doing is if it's on purpose and you're in your purpose there's a way you know what I mean there is a way out of no way you know out of not even I wouldn't say no way there's a way out of the way once you get out of your way really Uh, this is so important because as creatives, like the, the industry's always in flux, like always. It's like, oh, this is hot right now, so everyone's doing it. Oh, this is hot right now. It's very like wherever it's hot, everybody runs to. And I've never been a trend follower. Like I set trends, I don't follow them. Trend set them. Okay. <laughs> and and it it as as a result of not wanting to be a trend follower, I missed out on a lot of work, but I'm like the work that I would have been doing wouldn't have felt authentic to me and I would have mm. hated it. Wow. So I would rather in the times when what when my brand of choreography and how I like to work and how I like to create isn't trending, let me hone my skill. Let me sit with myself and figure out the next move. How, how do I approach this industry when it's in a state that I'm not comfortable being in. Right. And that's when I branched out. And I, so I went from working with a lot of dancers and then I started working with artists. Cause in my mind, I was like, if I can cultivate my brand of work on these artists, then, then this becomes the trend. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I started working with all of the different artists and choreographing their tours and their music videos. And in doing that, I was able to, also be a blessing to a lot of younger dancers mm. and help start their careers and get them on a path and me being their first example of the industry has been amazing because there's a clear there's a clear divide in the talent that I hire mm. and the talent that other people hire okay yeah and what's that because I I yeah what's the, what's your the, in my opinion, the divide is anyone who works with and trains underneath me, you can hire for anything. Yes, versatility. Mm. Yes, and mm. and humility, and and because that's where I operate from. Yes, like, that's where you came from. Yeah, it's you. Yeah. So what is? And I want to, go. No, no. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I I want people. I I I was. I came up in a time where integrity and, and, and respect and these things mattered. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. these are the qualities that I instill mm-hmm. in my talent and in my practice. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm not batting up anyone's pick me and throwing things at them. I'm like, I'm not that guy. 
there's a there's another way of getting the results you want out of people and I want it to be that example. That's the example that I want it to be, even at my own detriment sometimes. Is that what people are doing? What? Like you said, batting up people's kidney and... Yeah, like some some, some, some people are, are not nice. Like some people are really, really mean and, and they talk down to people and they treat them like they're less than. And I, I, I grew up, in an environment where sometimes that was the tactic that was used to motivate us. And mm-hmm. I always believed there was a better way. Right. And once I became the leader, the choreographer, I'm like, this is the way that I want to do it. Right. And it doesn't always work out. You know, mm-hmm. some people take your kindness yeah. for weakness and oh, yeah. they want to treat you like you that idiot. But <laughs> those people, those people are just no longer on the list. You're like, I've been here. I don't know who you trying to fool. I've been here, honey. um so before i started cut you off earlier i was saying so like what's next for you what can we what can we look forward to in terms of your well i just wrapped up um a tour with the canada's drag race uh cast um and I'm looking forward to doing more live shows with them once, you know, we get out of all of this pandemic craziness. I really, I really want to take what I do as a creative and as an artistic director and start putting it on stages for people to see. Uh, I want to continue to produce shows with Urban S because I relaunched it uh, two years ago and it's going great. And then we got hit with this pandemic. Like we did our, our first full length show in February, Valentine's weekend. And then a month later we got locked up in COVID. Crazy. So looking forward to doing more of that. I want to, in, in this time too, I, I've really started honing my skills as like a host uh, with my podcast, Hollywood mm-hmm. host and doing other podcasts for people and, and having people reach out to me and be like, Hey, we want you to host this thing. So I host a monthly show for Pride Toronto on Black, Queer, and Trans Excellence. Each okay. month we feature a different artist. Uh, I want to do more TV stuff. I okay. definitely, I like, I like that medium. I think with the goal being Hollywood Jade becoming a household name, it's important mm-hmm. that I continue to operate in that realm because it's, it's a good realm and it, it fits me like, it, it fits me it's a quick turnaround we're in and out and I'm efficient with with things like that so well I yeah, look forward to it I I really look forward to it even as you're saying household name like while you were talking I'm thinking this guy has a story and I'm thinking I know people personally like young girls person not so much men male dancers but I know young girls personally who want to pursue dance maybe not from a choreography or like a professional standpoint but mm-hmm. where they struggle with some things and like this idea of mentorship is important and i i do believe like you should be i i know you're not object you don't object to it but you should be open to that and maybe there's an opportunity for you where like young young people can tap in and and be able to glean from someone who's done it all like listen you're gonna have people who don't like you because i know a couple of young people who are like people don't like me here i just don't want to do it and it's like or or they have the gifting, but 
they have so much opposition they're like I don't want to do it anymore and it's like but that should be fueling you that should be causing you to continue to go you know and so mentorship See, we come, is important we come from that we come from that generation where people told us we couldn't do things mm-hmm. we're like oh yeah we're gonna show you right right and and I think that the hardest thing for me with mentorship is that I can be very hard I mm-hmm. can but I'm hard because life was hard for me mm. and I used that adversity right. and, and, and manifested it into positivity. Right. Like I, I, I didn't allow anybody to, to take, sorry, that's not true. For a long time, I allowed other people to hold the pen and write See, my you can story. Relate. No, that's good though. You could, you could relate to this idea that the opinions of others can determine you, you could determine your destiny somewhat if you don't take control you know yeah I allowed it for a long time and once I once I let go of that now I guard the pen of the, with the narrative the story of my life with every fiber of my being and anybody who speaks contrary to what I believe mm-hmm. and know to be true as somebody who sits with himself and reflects yeah. and prays and meditates and 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 has done the work anyone who comes with a narrative that's contrary to what is actual truth versus their perception of me mm-hmm. because of whatever their experience is mm-hmm. i i shut it down with that's a quickness good. that's good that's good i like that because in other words you're saying you have to have an idea of truth about yourself and until you do nothing else really matters nothing and that's what's hard about mentoring people now is like, mm-hmm. they're so sensitive. Everyone is so yes. sensitive. I'm like, guys, get out of your feelings. Everything is not a personal attack. Everything, it, like my my goal here is not to, to diminish you or bring you down. I'm trying to get the best out of you that, that exists. And sometimes we don't see the best that's inside of mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. It took it took other people looking at me and being like, "No, Hollywood, you're the one. You understand. You get it." It took other people saying that for me to walk away and sit with it and be like, "Wait a second. If I'm so quick to believe the people who say you're this, you're this, you're mm-hmm. this, you're this, you're this, why is it so hard for me to believe when people are like, "No, Hollywood, but you're this, yes. you're this, you're yep. this, and you're this." Yeah. And I had to take both sides of it and figure out where I fit yep. in. To all of it because there's definitely going to be some truth to mm-hmm. you know that's good the, the negative the, the 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 negative sides of it the things that you don't necessarily want to hear but you got to look at who's saying it where they're coming from and their experience mm. balance really balance honey mm. Mm. well so. you know you really shared some gems today and i really want to thank you um because I know you're like popular and stuff and thanks for just making time and uh you know I called Jade and I'm like listen can you just do this thing for me you know connect and Jade was like listen you don't even have to explain it's what it is I'm there and I'm so glad I got him before Beyonce you know so I'm good (laughs) I was literally talking to somebody about it the other day I'm like there's three songs that I want to choreograph like if and when the opportunity comes to choreograph for Beyonce, the, the it's one of the three songs that I want to do. Like, and I went through my list, but you know, I either want to do Schooling Life, 
green light or freakum dress those are the three songs okay the rest well, of it i don't need i want to do one of those three well here we are we here we are writing our own story but let's just say god you have your way because you know he might have something bigger you never know right facts so facts. yeah i'm ready i'm 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 i am completely locked in to god's timing and his journey like even with this tour we started the tour in calgary we had a week off and we were supposed to go to montreal i flew to montreal only to find out that the other dancer on the tour had covid oh and because i was in an uber with him for 10 minutes 10 they were like no we got to send you home until you get your test results back oh wow so in the middle of the tour i missed two of the tour dates the tour that i'm choreographing and dancing on i missed two of the tour dates before i would have been angry i would have kicked up all sorts of dust i came home and i slept and i rested <laughs> like you were like you took that sheet over and you were like god you got a plan because you know i'm like and i'm gonna just operate in your space yeah. and in your time right. and as a result of that i was able to then go back and close the tour mm. he, he just shows up man and if you Look if you it. pay attention he keeps revealing himself to you you mm. just got to pay attention and you got to be diligent and you got to like you have to you have to be able to sit with yourself and be uncomfortable in order for him to shift things and move things out of your way. Yes. Yes. Listen, this was a whole sermon. I wasn't even expecting a whole sermon slash Bible study, but there you have it, people. Where could they find you in terms of like your social medias and follow you? Because you you mentioned you have a podcast that you do, which is so good. Sometimes I, I just watch him like Jade is in Jade is living right now. Like he's not even <laughs> does he even realize he's on Instagram live. Jade's Kiki. He's living his best times to be his Jake. I'm like, okay. <laughs> because the thing too, I think especially now, like people are craving authenticity. Mm -hmm. Like the days of 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 it all being super polished and super produced. Mm -hmm. In particular, right now, I think I've sort of gone out the window. I think we're back to like the beginning of MTV, where the hosts yeah. didn't really know what they were doing with the crazy background. Like, I feel like we're there. Yeah, I feel like we are there, and and I want to be a part of that narrative. I really do. So you can find me on Instagram at Hollywood Jade. On Facebook, it's Jade Anderson because they started asking people for their government names. Um, and don't follow me on Twitter because it's all smut. I hear you. I'm not on Twitter either. So thank you so much. And even as you mentioned,